Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. We are in hiatus, and uh, to fill your time in our sad and lonely absence, <laughs> uh, we have recorded some little short bits. This is part two of a conversation between Michael and Don. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Yeah. So I would say, like, yeah, I was delayed. I probably didn't start actually um, developing as a sexual being as opposed to a uh, sexual opportunist until <laughs> my early 30s, you know? Yeah, I get that, especially given that for me, like a lot of the journey has been not just like, okay, seeking out the people I'm attracted to and then kind of honing in on what that means and who those people are and how to interact with them in an appropriate way, but also like discovering what is it that I want? Because I am basically the opposite of the kinds of people that you were interacting with in, I would say most ways mm -hmm. uh, in that I was very much kind of a giver um, for the, you know, for the first, I don't know, five, six, seven years uh, from like 15 to 22, 23 ish. Uh, that's kind of the only way that I knew how to interact with guys in that sense. Um, and it, it was very much like, what do you need? I'll put on that costume. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I'll be that. And it, it has taken me a long time to start figuring out, well, hold on. Like these experiences are proving to only be interesting for the first few times when it's new and then my interest like plummets. Why is that? Like what what's going on there? And it, it tends to be that I'm not actually getting what I want. Because um, you frame the entire relationship around their desires. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. It's it's unsustainable. And not only that, it's like it's disappointing when you realize later on that there was probably a whole lot of heartache that was caused by not understanding what I needed from the outset where, you know, things could have been communicated much clearer and, and like subsequent issues could have been avoided. Just if, if I had had a chance to develop quote unquote normally and had figured these things out much sooner because everyone, you know, I think you look at somebody and you make assumptions about them based on their age. So like, you know, if, if you're, I don't know, let's say in your late twenties, people, I would say tend to think like, okay, you're, you're getting there. Like you, you probably know mostly who you are and you're, you're on your way as opposed to like, you know, late teens. Yeah. Um, that's not, that really hadn't, hadn't been the case. Like I was still just barely touching on like, okay, what actually activates me and, and how do I communicate that? How do I ask for that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's still a thing. Like, how do I actually talk about <laughs> what I want? Teehee. Like, I don't, I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to express that. Um, it takes practice. It takes practice. It absolutely does. And that's one of the things I found very interesting with my early interactions with chasers. And uh, thank God I've had more interactions and this uh, this assumption has withered away over the years. Good. But my observation with my, my early interactions with chasers is that they expected everything to be about them. <sighs> was th that I was supposed to just sort of become the thing they wanted. Um Maybe my experiences as being uh, feeling forced to do that because of my size, because of you know rejection from society, made uh, maybe that's a more universal experience among fat men than I'm aware of. Hmm. Um, so maybe more chasers are offered that than other folks, but I don't know. But as I've 
gotten older and I've broadened my net, I can assure all of our listeners, not all chasers are like that. I can assure all <laughs> chasers, not all chubs are like that. Because I've seen that go the other direction, too. Exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, Michael. Yeah. Um, but you won't find that until you start putting yourself out there and meeting a broader spectrum. Meeting a broader spectrum and also understanding, and this took me ages and ages to figure out. I've said this on the show and I'll keep saying it, like learning how to say no to somebody who a might be a perfectly great person, but you're not in, you know, like you don't have that thing with them that, you know, if you go along for it because you're afraid of saying no, it could result in a lot of heartache or B saying no to somebody who is a trash person and they're pushing you Mm -hmm. and they're trying to work you into a situation you're not comfortable with. Um, and learning how to reject them like outright because you have your own self-confidence and self-worth to, to care for. Um, yep. And, and then taking the next step towards seeking out people who aren't trash because um, <laughs> <laughs> they do exist. Um, they do exist. And I think sometimes they're harder to find because they're soft-spoken, um, mm-hmm. but they're out there. Just like we talked about this on the last episode, like understanding who's a hot dog and who's a full meal, um, <laughs> you know, cause you can have some fun with a hot dog. You could, there's all kinds of things you could do with a hot dog. Unless you're a hallway, <laughs> but I'm fun. Oh boy. Back to form. <laughs> um, so out of curiosity, and th- this just is one of those random questions that popped into my head. I was wondering, we've talked about like receiving compliments and like hearing them in the right context or like understanding that something somebody says about you in an appreciative way, even though it sounds crazy to you or weird or uncomfortable that they mean it as a compliment. But I'm curious about the flip side. Like when you, as you have dealt with chasers or douchebags over the year, not that they're the same, but they often times are, Mm -hmm. uh, how has it been for you to compliment somebody how has it felt? And specifically physically, I, I think that, you know, we can, we can always say they're really smart or funny. Um, but how is it, how has it felt to you to give somebody that you're with a compliment? In my experience, chasers uh, don't even think twice about compliments. I give them, oh, you know, like oh honestly, no, oh. they don't. Uh, oh, well, here's, that's... but, but let me add a caveat to that. Okay. So like, um, you know, I compliment there. There's this guy that I think is very attractive. I haven't told him that very often because honestly, one of the things that I don't like about him is I think he finds himself attractive enough for the both of us. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you, whoever you are listening to this. Uh, <laughs> I promise you. It's, it's the other you. guy. It's the other guy. Um, but yeah, so like, so let's say I compliment his ass. Right. His, his ass or his legs. Right. Legs are a big one. Mm. Um, the, the response I always get is like, oh, yeah, I, I, I do a lot of like running, you know, climb stairs, blah, blah, blah. And blah. I'm like, OK, well, so now I know why you have nice legs. But I don't know if you appreciated the fact that I said that to you. So, all right. If nah. it's not important to you to hear that, I probably won't do it as much. You know, yeah. if I don't feel like the compliments being heard, I'm not going to keep saying it. You know, yeah. What's interesting to me, though, is so when I've been with a chaser who doesn't find themselves very physically attractive, right? If I compliment them on something about themselves physically, they react the way I tend to. Mm-hmm. So I've like this whole like, 
Oh no, no, stop! No, never! No, you don't. Think that. No, like I, bitch, I said it. Fucking listen to me, you know. Um, but if I compliment their personality or something I like about their brain or their their eyes, they accept the compliment, right? Mm-hmm. Flip that for the guys that I've been with that are more athletic or find themselves physically attractive. Generally, like complimenting their body, they get that sort of like, oh yeah, blah blah blah. Complimenting their minds or their sense of personality, I get to watch them squirm. I find that very interesting. Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. That has been my experience. It's not a universal experience, but uh, I feel like some of those, there are some people out there who, like for me, I'm very, like you compliment my brain. I am an arrogant bastard when it comes to my brain. I respect my own intelligence. I think I'm clever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, yes, I why thank you for noticing that I am a smart man. But, yeah. you know, but if you compliment my face or my body, I'm still a little uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I'm waiting for the punchline. Right. Right. Uh, like my right. mom's whole like, you know, well, you'd be so pretty if, you know, such Oof. a handsome face, if only. Uh, so I'm always waiting for the if only, because, you know. Um, yeah. But I think it's a sort of a universal experience that. There are areas on each of us that we are not used to being appreciated for. When someone appreciates what you don't recognize as something being a valuable part of yourself, then you get uncomfortable. Yeah. So pay attention to what your favorite people get uncomfortable with when you compliment them, because that's an indicator on where they've been damaged or disrespected in the past. And I'll I'll even add to that because this is this has come up for me before and and I'm starting to figure out how to work around it, which is you you mentioned complimenting a chaser who probably does not find themselves attractive mm-hmm. um because they're a chaser. Like that's actually not what they're attracted to. Um and maybe some guys have been told often enough or they're hot enough that they just know it and they wear it, like you mentioned. But some guys aren't like that. Um and if you are uncomfortable with how you look reminding yourself if you're a chub who's attracted to a sexy guy who's into you that they literally their model for attractiveness and sexiness is the opposite of how they look and so they may be getting that sort of conventional idea of like oh well i understand that most models look vaguely you know my body shape as opposed to yours i understand that and so there's a there's definitely a base level of comfort but they may not understand how to flaunt it for you. They may not understand oh, how to present themselves for you in a way that's sexy because it's just not what they're attracted to. Though honestly, I just I always find it funny if you ask a guy, you're a director, right? Mm. I have directed things. If you mm-hmm. direct a male actor to act sexy, most male actors are gonna be like, I don't know what the fuck you're asking me to do. Right. Right. Because there's no real male understanding of what male sexiness is for themselves in general, especially among straight guys, mm-hmm. especially among straight guys. You ask a straight guy to do that. He's going to do like a Betty Boop cheesecake picture. <laughs> like, nope, no, 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 no. That um, eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're talking about is actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So like, let's throw away the theoretical they, some people think about this way and that sort of thing. Mm. So you, being attracted to a body type that you do not have, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the same boat. I do not find my body part, my my body type attractive, right? I'm attracted to more thin, more athletic, more, you know, average baseline kind of guys. So for me, I get tripped up often when I'm uh, 
get those compliments, right? Uh, mm -hmm. How how do you, how is it living in your body in a conventional body, right? A mm -hmm. we'll call it a baseline body when that's not sure. what you're attracted to, right? But your body type is what's being held up more often as what's to be aspired to and praised, right? Yeah. Does that there, it's, do something to your head or it does? It does a couple things because I first of all I came up the first you know I would say ten plus years of my adult development being treated largely like uh, a sexual object, mm -hmm. um, which we've talked about this on the show and like, well, it's all about what you're comfortable with and how you see yourself. And like, yeah, that's well and good, but like, guess what? I'm still figuring myself out and people are still treating me like this along the way. And that's hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, so on the one hand, like, yes, that also gives you an understanding that you're attracted to a lot of people and that is a different experience um, than, than a lot of people I think might relate to. But on the other hand, it's not remotely what I find attractive. And I actually, the interesting thing that I've noticed over the years is that when I, I, I yo-yo a lot, my weight tends to fluctuate a fair amount. I would say, uh, you know, somewhere in the range of 40 pounds, like 20 in either direction. And, you know, that can change your, that can change your face a lot. And I find that I like myself and I recognize myself a little more when I'm on the heavier side, mm -hmm. I think because that's just what I identify with. Um, and that's what look, that's what looks familiar to me. And, but when I'm that size, I also get a very different reaction from the people that I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily the people that I've been with, like, I'm not talking about relationships, but just like general feedback, uh, when I skew on the thinner side, that's where I get very strong positive reactions. And when I'm not in that place, it's sort of blah. Mm -hmm. And that it, like, it, it's, it's hard for me to reconcile what I find attractive and appealing and handsome with what I'm expected to look like. Uh, and, and that's why I fluctuate so much. That's a huge reason why I fluctuate so much because I'm kind of fighting like what is familiar and comfortable to me. Mm -hmm. And there's, I think there's eating disorder stuff in there too, which we do not have the time to get into, but, <laughs> um, but then also like, yeah, there's this expectation of like, that's why I said like having to understand what somebody else finds attractive about you because I, I don't really know like whenever i try something that i think like oh this might be like a sexy selfie i'm fucking guessing because i don't yeah. find it sexy like i don't i don't I've been, i just don't I've, like i've been asking you if you'd be willing to take a like facebook profile picture of me or a, a dating profile picture of me for years now because mm -hmm. I, and we just never get around to it. It's not your, we just keep forgetting. He's not saying no folks. He's just, I just keep, keep forgetting busy and we forget. No. Uh, or he comes over in a day. We're like, I haven't shaved. I am not going to be sexy today. <laughs> <laughs> we are hanging out in flannels and watching bad movies while eating pints of ice cream tonight. No one wants pictures of this. And that's um, so much more fun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no idea how to pitch myself to people whatsoever. Mm. Like in my non, like, so in bigger city ads, I put pictures where it's very clear what my body size is, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I can be kind of explicit there. But like Facebook has a dating app and I recently said, fine, let's, let's try that, right? Oh, And the photos that I put there, like I want people to under, to people to know in advance 
that I am a fat man. I don't want someone to show up and go like, oh, no, you know, I want you to know what you're showing up for when you get there. But by the same token, I want something that's flattering. And by what is flattering to my eye is not necessarily what's flattering to a chaser's eye. Yeah. We've mentioned before, like I have clothes that I wear for myself to be comfortable, clothes for work and clothes when I'm going out with a chaser because it's a completely different set of clothes for that. Generally, the clothes I wear for them, I feel uncomfortable in because <laughs> uh, you know, it's highlighting certain parts of my body that I'm not super psyched to be putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. But they are. So if that can make them happy for a date, you know, I'm going to do that. And that's fine. And it does. Uh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it comes to picking out a photo, fuck if I know. Fuck if yeah. I know. It's uh, the things that I can get right are are like the mechanical aspects of like, here's what is traditionally a flattering angle. Here's what is good lighting. You know, that was the first thing crossed my mind, Mr. DP director boy. Yeah. Like, like, I can, <laughs> okay. We need to scrim over here. We need to reflect over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We need a little extra fill. We, you know, it, for God's it, sake, turn off the bottom light. Yeah. <laughs> or turn on the bottom light you never know what he's gonna do um no yeah it's it's i can get those mechanics right but when it comes to trying to be attractive to somebody it's we are we live in a dichotomy like we our world is a natural dichotomy of people on opposite ends of the spectrum that's part of what makes it fantastic by the way that's part of the hotness and the appeal is that difference but it's also, I think, understanding and having patience with each other because there's a lot of like self-confidence that is lacking because nobody, not nobody, most of the people standing in that room with you don't like how they look. They like how the other guy looks. Yeah. And I'm aware this discussion makes both of us sound like basket cases, but we are, <laughs> you know, we're being honest with some of the issues that we face. And these are not the only things that define us, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's... both of us can safely say that we have come a long way over the past 10 years, at least. Yeah, um, easily. Yeah. You know, and uh, I will say, like, having having friends now that are not repulsed by my body type has helped me change my perspectives on myself enormously. You know, and it wasn't this. It wasn't sexual relationships that did that for me. It was uh, it was friendships that did that for me and got me into a better place. Yeah. So that's and something to keep in mind, you know, and having a, a supportive community, which is why I love doing the show, to be honest. I mean, it's fun for me just recording them with you guys. But the second half of it is getting to see, you know, people responding to things that we say because it's like, oh, I ha- I have that same experience as a listener. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't think other people had that. And like, even if you know in your brain, like, oh yeah, uh, there must be somebody else out there who experiences things like this. Yeah. Um, hearing people talk about it is different. It's, it's helpful. And that, that creates that sense of community. Yep. And as I mentioned, like a lot of the stuff we're talking about here is stuff I'm wildly uncomfortable talking about. <laughs> but that said, it's the stuff that I've been wildly uncomfortable talking about that when it went out there, that's the stuff we got responses on from people saying when it mattered most. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah. You know, and getting to, you know, I I feel like a lot of us, both chasers and chubby guys don't get a lot of reinforcement on what we're going through is okay, is normal and Mm. is an okay part of us growing as people. Right. That you're never expected to, to be there already. 
Yep. Um, but the hope is that you are taking steps in the right direction. And, you know, from, from my perspective, uh, if I can help with that, like my goal, I wrote this down at the beginning of the year, right when we launched the podcast, my goal um, was to, if, if, if I know that I have reached one young chaser who's trying to figure out who he is and, and where he fits in the world, if I can reach him in a way that would have meant something to me when I was young, then then I I will die happy like that I have achieved my goal. Um, and to that end, like if this awkward, uncomfortable conversation <laughs> with a friend who's helping make it comfortable um, is helpful, then yeah, I'm going to have that conversation because not a lot of other people are. And, and I would like to, to be part of that, that spearhead. Yeah. If we don't stand with each other, we are, we are going to stand alone, you know? Absolutely. So reach out that hand to the community. Um, don't just look for support, look to give support to, and mm. you'd be amazed the rewards that are connected to it. Yeah. And don't hang your hat on single experiences. Look for, look for the good ones and let the bad ones drift by. Because ultimately, there's always something else. In Michael's words, enjoy your hot dogs, but don't make meals out of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I it has been a, a true pleasure talking with you um, about these subjects. Maybe we'll do one more of these. Maybe we'll have interim episodes going forward. Um, maybe Dan and Trevor will do them. We don't know. Yep. Um, but what I do know is that I'm very excited, even though this is the beginning of our hiatus as we're recording this, I'm very excited to come back full force with season two um i think we had hoped we'd be able to re maybe record one in person but given the state of things and how it's downturned probably not but nevertheless <laughs> we are excited to come back to you guys after the hiatus yeah and uh if you want to reach us uh i'm going to do my best trevor imitation <gasps> while we uh while you connect to uh, any of these social media things Yay! No, and so Michael, at this point, you're going to edit out Michael. Uh, Trev you're going to edit Trevor's uh, <laughs> spiel from one of our shows and just drop it in there. All right, or I'll just leave this part in there because it's funnier. No, <laughs> <laughs> you bastard, mad with uh, power editor boy. Future Michael has all the power here. <laughs> he's a dick. No, wait, he's awesome. God damn it, he's going to give me like helium voice through this whole thing now. Why did I do that? Why have I not done that yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, All everybody. Right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this little mini episode. Uh, and we'll be back at the beginning of August with more The Big Fat Gay Podcast. Look out for us. <laughs> <laughs>